Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Teen Wealth Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Wherever you are, I hope the sun is either shining outside your window or in your heart. And if it is not, maybe our guest today can bring some uh, joy to your life because he has done some really epic things in his life, has, uh, you know, wants to help people, is talking about finances, talking about things that are exciting right now, like crypto and Forex and all these words that we keep hearing dropped. And he has a big passion for helping people and um, has talked about wanting to create a program very similar to what we are doing here at Teen Wealth. So I'm very excited to welcome to the show, Eric Yellen. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hi, how are you doing, Brandy? Oh, so good. Uh, I love doing this every Monday. It's great. I get to meet some incredible people, so I'm really glad. I know we've we've met in person way in the past, but uh, it's really great to catch up with you in this way. So thank you for joining us. So tell me just a little bit about uh, who you are. Just summarize for everyone listening um, what you're passionate about and, and who you are as a person. If you well, can <laughs> do a summary on that. <laughs> boy, that could take the whole hour, maybe three or four probably. Um, basically, I've always been passionate about marketing. I started getting into entrepreneurship when I was in high school. And I was in a program called Junior Achievement. And now I'm an old guy. So when I was in Junior Achievement, it was a little bit different than the way they do the organization today. Uh, when I was in it, uh, some company would sponsor it. And we would actually form our own little mini company during the high school year. And we would elect a president and vice presidents in different departments. And we'd have someone in charge of finances. We'd sell stock. We'd decide what we would manufacture. And then we'd go out and sell it. And we were having just a little regular little company. So it was a really good experience. Uh, And I had some very unique experiences with Junior Achievement in that uh, the companies that sponsored uh, the ones that I were in uh, was one, it was a television station. So instead of producing some trinkets, like 99% of the companies, we actually produced a television show. And I was always the vice president of sales. And I would learn how to read the Arbitrons and Nielsen's and the rating books. And I would sell television time. And uh, I was very, very good at it. And I just kept going down that line of marketing and marketing communications and not necessarily sales because I'm not really the type of person, even though people say really good at sales, it's not something I'm really passionate about. And then in high school, I went and created my own my first company. It was a like a PR agency and I worked for the founder of Manpower International. I'm from originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin and Manpower is headquartered there. And he started a foundation to find jobs for disadvantaged youth. It was called Operation 4000. And I did pretty much everything. You know, hey, as a teenager, I was cheap. So it works well for a, a nonprofit. But it was a great learning experience. And, you know, even when I would go to school, I would just continue down that path. I had an internship with Wisconsin Electric Power Company. And I had the great pleasure. For some reason, they gave it to me. I don't know why. Um, the year I was there, it was the 100th anniversary of hydroelectric power. 
commercial electricity. And the very first hydroelectric power plant is in Appleton, Wisconsin, and it was invented by Thomas Edison. And that was actually his second power plant. He had one in New Jersey and then the one in Appleton. And what really made it cool was the, the person who handled the 50th anniversary with Thomas Edison himself was a guy named Edward Bernays. And Edward Bernays is known as the father of public relations. And what's really cool is it just so happens his birthday is the same as mine. So that was kind of uh, a great experience. And then I went on and I, I was the press secretary for the lieutenant governor of Iowa. I had a great internship with a PR firm in Chicago where I did all of the market research for the Italian government and the Italian Housewares Manufacturers Association. And again, it was an unusual internship because I didn't report to some underling on staff. I actually was the sole report to the president of the company. Wow. And I was really in charge of the project. So that was another phenomenal experience. Incredible. And then in college... Um, in 1984, so I'm dating myself now, uh, I had the opportunity to take a really cool philosophy course called the philosophy of terrorism. And it was, uh, it was just a one credit philosophy course. And the professor did this unique thing. He said, we're going to divide the class up into six groups. One group is going to be the actual terrorists. And another group is going to be the political organization behind the terrorists. And then another one is going to be the hostages and another one's going to be the government, and another one's going to be the, the media. Uh, I, don't even, I don't remember who the sixth group was, but we, they, we all had to look at it from that perspective. And wouldn't you know it, the group that was assigned to be the terrorists, they became actual terrorists. And they went, went I, did, I went to a small university, Drake University in Des Moines, Iowa, and we had a central dining hall, and one day the terrorist group, they actually locked everybody inside the dining hall. And then they announced that they were called the Midwest Liberation Front, and they were going to try to get the Midwest to secede from the United States. So it was a lot. It was very interesting. And the professor kind of liked the turn of of how it was going. I think that was after they went to his house and they abducted him. They went underneath his garage door as he was opening it up, and they put a hood over him, and they hauled him away and we're waiting in class. And, you know, in college, they say if the professor doesn't show up within 15 minutes, uh, you get to go home. Go. <laughs> exactly. So a lot of us were just looking forward to that. But as soon as that happened, somebody representing the terrorists, maybe it was a political organization group, they announced what would, what had happened. And immediately the group that were the hostages, they made a beeline out of there. <laughs> so so a, a day later, the, of course, he was released. No harm came to him because it was just fun philosophical exercise. But the professor said, I wonder if I can get some media attention for this. And, of course, being the entrepreneurial type that I was, I said, I'll do it. And then there was another guy in our class who was actually a reporter for the NBC affiliate, and he said, I'll do it. So we kind of had a competition, and he kind of flamed out. And I got ABC World News Tonight to come out to Iowa to film it and put it on their thing. I, we were on Good Morning America. We were in U.S. News and World Report. We were on the front page of the Des Moines Register and the Tribune. We were in Time Magazine. So I kind of got a reputation with the people at ABC. And when I decided to go to master for a master's, uh, I was accepted at two universities. And I chose to go to the University of Maryland because I got a job offer to work at ABC News in Washington, D.C. So uh, 
I did that. Then I went on. I, I really hated the news business because you sit around and you wait for things to happen. And I like making things happen. So uh, I answered an, a blind ad in the Washington Post and was a Washington-based entertainment company seeks regional marketing director, lots uh, 100% travel required. If interested, write to blah, 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 whatever it was. And it turns out it was a company called Feld, well, at the time it was called Urban and Kenneth Feld Productions. Now it's known as Feld Productions. And they, at the time, were the producers of Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus and Walt Disney's World on Ice. And, uh, of course, unfortunately, Ringling Brothers uh, only exists now in name only. They shut down a few years ago. But uh, Disney on Ice travels the globe. They have five or six different ice shows uh, traveling all the time. And uh, they also had Siegfried and Roy. And now they're a big conglomerate. I think they handle uh, Sesame Street Live. They handle the Harlem Globetrotters, the Monster Energy Trucks. Uh, they have a Jurassic Park type arena event. So very interesting conglomerate. And I was a regional marketing director and did very well with them. And uh, then I somehow got into computers after my stint there, after five or six years, and started in the golf business. And, you know, I was always a bit of a technique. In fact, my very first PC I bought in 1984. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we're incredible. talking about, at the time, it, the one I bought was a Heath Zenith with two five and a quarter inch floppy drives. And those were when the floppy drives were really floppy. Uh, for those of your audience that know, don't know, there really were things called floppy disks. And in fact, there was no such thing as a hard disk or a memory stick or anything like that. And uh, I had that for my for when I went to college for my master's program. And then maybe once I started with Ringling Brothers, I needed something that was maybe a little bit more portable. So I was traveling all the time. And I bought the second generation Mac and it was called the fat Mac. And it had a whopping 512 K of memory and no hard drive and one three and a half inch floppy, which they were hard, but they were called floppies. Uh, <laughs> and, <clears throat> and then eventually I modified that and got a serial port added to it. And I had, I put in a external hard disk. And just to give you an example of how things have changed, um, it was a 10 megabyte hard disk, ooh, 10 megabytes. And it was the size of a big hardbound dictionary. I was gonna say, what was the size of these computers? Because <laughs> now everything in our phone is what, like 60 gigs? And I don't even know how many megabytes are in a gig. I'm not very tech savvy. A thousand, a thousand. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's the way technology has changed over the years. And I was a serial computer buyer, so I've owned many generations of Macs. Then eventually I went to work in for a software company and I had to go to the back to the DOS and Windows platform. And then I owned a software company that uh, developed software for managing member-based clubs. And it was big in the fitness industry. And we had a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies that had internal corporate fitness centers as clients. Um, and then I just got sick and tired of computers and computer users, because you know sometimes when you're doing computer support, the person on the other end of the line just asks the dumbest questions. <laughs> so 
even and and unfortunately, and I was dealing with like you know the 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 chief financial officers of hospitals in some cases, and they were sometimes dumb as a tack. So I <laughs> I, uh, I got sick of that and kind of sold my interest in the company and decided I wanted to get into the golf business, and so I. I left everything behind and went to work for the Oregon Golf Association. Did that for about uh, 11 years and then eventually became the executive director of the Southern Nevada Golf Association. And that's how I moved to Las Vegas, which is where I am right now. Uh, And I did that for two years. And then that's when life really threw me a roadblock. I was uh, diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. And with chemo and radiation and all the pain and everything, I just had to drop everything and withdraw. And I initially, I started a, another company because I figured, okay, I'm going to do a home-based business. And it was in identity, well, it was in marketing. I have this whole philosophy regarding um, branding and, and creating an identity. And it's whether it's a personal identity or a corporate identity it's how do you create it, promote it, protect it. So even identity protection, because we see all the time now that you know, uh, criminals are breaking into computer networks and stealing the identities of customers, which affects, of course, the company. And you can actually go in and steal the company name and, and all sorts of things. So I got into that. But unfortunately, again, another turn for the worse, I ended up with kidney stones and when I was in the hospital, the hospital gave me sepsis and I ended up in a coma. So uh, pretty much I had to stop everything. And that was in 2015 or 2016. And I literally stopped doing anything until January 1st of this year. Wow. Well, we're lucky to have you. Yeah. <laughs> we're very lucky to have you here with us then. So that was a long, a long oh. summary, but that kind of gets you up to where we are today and what we'll, we'll be talking about maybe for the rest of this show. Sounds good. That's awesome. I'm, I'm just curious. You, you see, I mean, you jumped into things head first at a very young age. Did you always have a lot of confidence or um, like, did your family really encourage you to do all these things from such a young age? Like, it's pretty in- incredible that you were like, no, I'm, I'm in, I'm going to try all of these things. Cause so many, I think so many young people are hesitant, you know, to put their hand in many pots and try a bunch of different things if they're not sure if they're going to be good at it. And I think that's a way that you, you know, kind of get over those, uh, the lack of self-worth is by trying everything and going, Hey, I, I survived, you know? So tell me about your where your self-worth came from and your ability to just jump in with both feet. I cannot say that I'm definitely a person that has a lot of confidence necessarily or Mm self-worth. I have the same issues that pretty much everybody does. Mm -hmm. Um, And in fact, in business, I seem to have one personality, but in social situations, I have another one. And I can't tell you how many times people who know me in an office setting or business relationship, they go out, in a social situation with me and they'll go to somebody else and say, what's wrong with Eric? Because my personality is a hundred percent different. Um, my father was a microbiologist and he worked for one company his entire life. And I never got into science at all. Um, he tried, but just, I didn't have the interest. My mother was, had a, a master's in French and she's a brilliant woman, uh, 
you know, she's Phi Beta Kappa, she was a Mensa, um, and she actually became a little entrepreneurial herself. She started her own travel agency because she wanted to travel the world. Um, but, uh, and, and, she, and she did a lot of freelance work in marketing. So maybe I followed in her footsteps a little bit. And once I dipped my toe in it with, again, junior achievement, and I was good at it, that helped bring confidence right there. That's awesome. I like, I like that. I, lo- I love your honesty. I appreciate that because there's so many young people listening that are like probably quite amazed at the summary of your life uh, <laughs> and going, oh, I could never do that. And I think sometimes they think that maybe they need more confidence or something like that. Do you, uh, do you have a piece of advice for a young person that's, you know, maybe not feeling like they're confident enough to try some of these things that, but to help them get through that, push through that wall? The best thing that anyone can do is find something that they like by themselves and then see if they can find a way to pursue that in a business setting. Because if they're passionate about something and they enjoy it, that'll bring out their natural confidence. I like that. That's a great answer. Um, we do have to go to a quick commercial break, but I was just wondering, do you have any social media links or anything or handles that we can share with the audience so during the commercial they can maybe look you up? Uh, well, it's E. Yalen on Facebook. My business page is Cognilogic FX. That's C-O-G-N-I as in cognitive, logic, and then FX. Same thing, the same profiles are for company pages and personal profiles on LinkedIn. And that's where you're going to find the most information about me. Cool. And we'll make sure they're all in the bio as well for everyone to see after for the recording. Uh, We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes with Eric, everyone. (laughs) The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. 
That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Um, I was just talking to Eric during the break about, you know, the last five years of his life, which is uh, pretty incredible. And we're just so lucky to have him here with us and chatting with us today. So uh, super blessed that you made it through your struggles, my lovely, because it's great to have you here. You have a you have a great story and a great heart. And I'm excited to talk to you today. Um, So I want to now we got to know a little bit about you and all of the things that you've done. Are there are there key moments throughout that life summary that um, put you in different directions as a human being, as an entrepreneur that, that you, you know, want to point out like anything that was really a, a big move in a new direction or anything for you? Um, obviously I think probably, yeah, I, I started going in different directions in college, you know, taking on a role as a press secretary in for the Lieutenant governor that was a bit of a change of pace and a different approach to things. Um, you know, when you're dealing in marketing communications, you always have to understand your audience and you have to communicate with them in the way that they want to be communicated to, not the way you want to communicate to them. And so learning about those different audiences and learning ways to communicate differently, depending on who the audience is, uh, that was certainly uh, well worth it. Uh, I never expected to work in broadcasting or in the news business because I was more of a flack than a, a journalist. I, I don't know what that term means, a flack? A fl- uh, PR people are called flacks. Oh, okay, cool. That's a, in fact, there's a, there's a, a, a show called, flack, I think it's called something like Flack, and it's on uh, HBO, and it's a British, uh, it's about a British PR person. Oh. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, you know, we're hucksters, we're flax, uh, you know, the journalism community would look down on us, which is really funny today since journalism doesn't practice, real journalism isn't practiced anymore. Yeah. It's more about producing a narrative than telling the, uh, what the facts are and letting the audience decide for themselves what uh, mm. the truth is. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's a different issue completely. But I worked <laughs> for the, in the news business and again, I didn't like it. Um, and so I wanted to get back into PR and you know one of the things I didn't mention is one of the things I tried in in Washington D.C. is I had an opportunity to work for a PR firm for um, for a guy that had been in the communications department for the Reagan administration and the client I worked on two clients one of them was the uh, San the, was it the San yeah I think it was yeah it was the Sandinistas in Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> and had to do so all sorts of stuff for the the Contras, or I, I don't even remember it because it was a bit of a uh, blur because I didn't do it that long. But I decided I really didn't want to be in Washington either because either you're going to have your own identity and the political issues you believe in, but then finding a job that you could actually focus on the things you believe in is almost next to impossible. And you're going to have to work in a way that that you're going to have to promote and support issues that you don't agree with at all. And I just couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. It's either I believe in it and can support it or I don't. And if I don't, I got to walk away. I love that you said that the focus on things that you believe in. I think, 
I think, especially for our young people right now, and this is just my opinion, but I think for our young people right now, there's just so much being thrown at them from every direction. And it's so hard for them to know. And I keep saying to people, even my own team at the office, they're like, how do you always stay on point? And I'm like, I just literally, and I think I learned this term from our mentor, Bill Walsh, laser focus, like literally just the, there's three things that I believe in and I stare straight at them and I run towards them every day of my life because all the other stuff is like a giant fog that just consumes your mental health, your physical well-being, your time, your energy. And I love that you said that. Fo- find something and focus on what you believe in. I think that's beautiful. Sorry, I just had to. No, I, 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 <laughs> I agree. I, I will say that um, some people will say that I have a bit of ADD because um, when it comes to things that are out there, <laughs> I, I, I say what I suffer from is squirrel syndrome. Ah. It's kind of like you're focusing on one thing and then you see something up to the side is squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a dog, you know, it's like you're, you're all of a sudden you're distracted and you go in a different yeah. direction. And sometimes I got to, I got to pull myself back and say, okay, stop that, Eric, focus, mm-hmm. get back mm-hmm. to what you need to do. Here's your tasks for the day. Mm-hmm. And I struggle with that pretty much every day, but mm. um uh, that's a, in, in a way that's okay because I'm a voracious learner. Oh, and it makes you a very interesting human to chat with because you have so many <laughs> things that you've you know opened your mind to. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> well, and, and and despite all of my experience and all the things I know, I mean, you know, I built my first websites in 1995. I was a pioneer in the golf industry when it came to social media and having you know Facebook and Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. And I was you know years ahead of everybody else, even with Ringling Brothers. There were 35 marketing directors, and I was the only one that was computerized. Mm, so I've wow. always been a bit of an innovator, uh, uh, ahead of the curve when it comes to a consumer life cycle. And, you know, the consumer life cycle is a standard bell curve. Mm-hmm. And you get the innovators, and then you have the early adopters, and then you have the late adopters and the laggards, and that kind of is your shape of your bell curve. And I've always, in, in certain things, I've always been at that leading edge. And in fact, even though, you know, cryptocurrency has been around since 2009, people who are getting in it today, if, if, well, I got in it starting about a year ago in March. At that point, I was still in that innovator category because it wasn't until about six months ago that all of a sudden corporate America recognized that, oh my gosh, we better get on this. Yes. And that's what's leading to the surge now. And as long as, you know, all of these institutions, whether it's MasterCard or Visa or PayPal or J.P. Morgan Chase put out an announcement today, uh, U.S. Bank has, has had an announcement recently. When they're starting to pile on, that means now we're getting into the early adopter phase. Mm-hmm. And the earlier you get in, the more you can capitalize on it and be rewarded by it. So I think we're about to start talking about decentralized finance. Is that correct? Is that where we're getting to? <laughs> well, that's, you know, that's certainly one of the things that I, what happened, you know, again, with my story is I didn't work until January 1st again of this year. Mm. And it's because I had this pain treatment uh, that changed everything for me. It changed how I felt physically and it changed what painkillers I needed to take. I eliminated that brain, brain fog. Mm-hmm. So that I could actually be focused again on something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, about a year ago, I was looking at my personal situation and saying, okay, I only have so much money. And because I'm not working, I have a very limited amount of money coming in. Mm-hmm. And I'm not that old yet. 
Mm-hmm. And by the way, at that point, I was also disease-free from cancer. So it's like, okay, what am I going to do now? I've got to figure out a way to at least get, and I wasn't even thinking about working. It was like, I just needed to get a better way to make my money work for me. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of gurus that are out there, whether it's a Tony Robbins or a Jack Canfield, a Brian Tracy, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, they all talk about, oh, and Bob Proctor is another good one, mm. uh, what is your mindset and how, you know, you really have to stop giving away your time and working for money. You need to get your money working for you. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of my focus at the time. Well, when I looked at where I had my money, I had it in the areas that we were all conditioned to put our money. Mm-hmm. That's savings accounts, yeah. CDs, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and real mm-hmm. estate. So I already had all that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the banks, well, you know, what's, what's the latest on the banks? We have a bank in Germany that is now charging negative interest. So you put $1,000 in, their ba- in your bank account, and they charge you for the right to hold your money. Oh, so you're losing money just by saving money. That makes no sense. And then I believe there was an announcement that RBC in Canada is insolvent. And they're now taking all of their, their depositors' money up to what it's like in, in Canada, uh, your deposits are insured up to $75,000 $75, per account. Mm. They're taking that money because the government is going to have to bail out all of those depositors. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, regular finance, that's just not the way to go. And even if it's a bank, a bank is healthy, what are mm-hmm. they giving you on your money in a year? Maybe mm-hmm. if you're if you're lucky, you're getting 1%. That's less than inflation. So you're losing money there. Mm-hmm. CDs, you're lucky to get 2%. Uh, you know, the average returns in the stock market, if you're decent at it, uh, is between 8 and 10% a year, which is still better than nothing. It's mm-hmm. better than inflation. So at least you're coming out ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in real estate, it really depends. I've had real estate holdings that have lost money because of the market downturn. Uh, you know, I mean, the first house that I ever bought in Florida, I held on it for 10 years and I made zero mm. uh, because the market just didn't do anything. Or think about people here in Las Vegas when the market went down in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. good homes that were once valued at 500000 that were worth 150000 So you lost yeah. a ton of money. So, you know, even real estate isn't necessarily a sure thing. It, mm-hmm. A lot of it is timing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's left? Well, what's left was options and futures. And mm-hmm. that's kind of complicated. And if you don't want to be a day trader, it's really not for you. Yeah. And it certainly wasn't for me. And then there was cryptocurrency and there was the foreign exchange market. Mm-hmm. So... Interestingly, around that time that I started looking at it, I had a friend from my old Ringling days who came to me and said, hey, are you interested in cryptocurrency? And let me share with you these things. I follow these analysts and and blah, blah, blah. And he wasn't really a great mentor or anything, but at least he exposed me to some things and I looked into it. Mm-hmm. And I bought my first Bitcoin last year in March when it was roughly $4,000. 4, <laughs> yep. That was the moment right there. <laughs> and, and then uh, this particular analyst, um, his name is Tika Tawari. He wrote this uh, report called Five Coins to Five Million. Mm. And then he had another one that was five, the other five, the second five coins. So a total of 10 coins. And he pretty much said, you don't have to put a whole lot of money into it. Anywhere from, you know, 200 to $500 in each one. 
mm-hmm. and you'll become a millionaire because of it. Now, I don't necessarily mm. believe that, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, these guys usually, if they're good analysts, they have a lot of good information of why you should get into a particular coin. And so I created my first cryptocurrency portfolio on May 4th of last year. And in one of the wallets, I put in a total of 2,500 bucks and I had about 10 different coins. Mm-hmm. And prior to, well, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. that one had, before we had a big sell-off and mm-hmm. everything dropped, it was worth about $21,000. So it was yeah. well on its way. Yeah. Now, now it's about $17,000. So it's still pretty darn good for 2,500. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I took some profits out of that and eventually I said, okay, well, I'm going to now dabble in the foreign exchange market because there's this guy, George Soros, that made all of his money there. Mm. In fact, he beat went from pauper to billionaire, uh, and uh, he was doing everything in that. And in fact, in the 1970s, he started in 1973. And from 1973 to 1980, his portfolio grew by 4,000%, mm. which means an average of, of over 500% a year. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I got to look at that. Yeah. And... I made my very first, I pulled money out of my profits. I I wasn't using my own money. I was using other people's money. And whenever you can, you should use other people's money. Uh, and I Not did by my, going in mom's purse and pulling the change yeah. out, but you no, know. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> grow some money of your own, have it grow in a way that's possible and take the profits and do other things with it. So you're using your own profits. But at that point, it's other people's money because it's profits. It's not out of your bank account. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't want to get in trouble by mom. At the end. <laughs> so uh, I did my first trade in the foreign exchange market and I was, I put in like 2,500 bucks mm-hmm. and I made like $2,500 in 10 minutes. Wow. And then I did my second trade and I made like 2,100 bucks in 25 minutes. Wow. And then I did my third trade and I lost $10,000. <laughs> so... And that's a sobering thing that happens in this world. <laughs> it it <laughs> was. Cow. And I said, okay, that having me do the trading, I don't have the demeanor to do it. Mm-hmm. So I started out on this quest. Well, a quest to find another way to maybe get into the foreign exchange market. And in fact, I had this friend in Australia who was posting on her Facebook page about all of her successes Mm. And this was in August, so I was still in that brain fog from my painkillers. Mm-hmm. And I finally contacted her in October, and I said, "What are you doing? I gotta find. I gotta find out what you're doing." Mm-hmm. So she sent me some link, and I promptly ignored her for the next three months because I just didn't have that focus. Mm-hmm. But on December 31st, I got a new pain treatment, and because of that pain treatment, I eliminated most of my painkillers. And physically, I felt better than ever. And I had this energy again. And by mm-hmm. the way, I'm a type A personality. So I'm the type of person who always goes at 110 miles an hour. And when I had that cancer thing, it kind of dropped me down to zero. Mm. And so I was functioning fine at zero because I was in that brain fog from the painkillers. But once that was lifted, it's like, okay, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. So in January of this year, I contacted her again and said, okay, I know I've been ignoring you. Tell me again, what is it you're doing? And of course, by then she had three months more of success. So it was even Mm -hmm. better. Yeah. And she turned me on to a program and immediately it clicked with me and I signed up. And basically, 
the way the program works, it's a done for, it's, it's kind of like a mutual fund. You know, mm. why do we go to mutual funds? Because then the experts are doing the decision-making on what stocks to buy, when to buy it, what to buy them at, when to sell them, what to sell them at. Mm-hmm. They're basically managing our, the funds on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And this was basically the equivalent in the foreign exchange market. You bought a membership, you had a trading account, professionals who are licensed and regulated did the trading for you and you get in, get the profits. Mm-hmm. And the company had, wasn't that old. It was uh, not even two years old at the time, but they had a consistent track record of generating 5% or more per week. Mm. Now think about that. 5% mm-hmm. in one week. Yeah. 1% a day. Yeah. <laughs> versus your bank that gets 1% a year. Yeah. Incredible. And it was consistent. So how could I not try it? So again, I I didn't dip into my own bank account per se. I mm. dipped into my profits that I had had out of my cryptocurrency plays. Mm-hmm. So again, I was using other people's money mm-hmm. in the proper way. Yeah. <laughs> And I bought a membership with them, and it just so happens that the the way the company was set up, so there's a there's an actual trading company, and they're mm. they're licensed and regulated by several foreign governments, but they're based in Cyprus. And then the company that you buy the membership with is essentially a they're classified as a network marketing company. But I never liked network marketing. Mm. because you know most of the, the plays that are out there, it's some kind of product, it, often in the health and wellness category. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it was in, in other areas, but nothing that I could get excited about. Mm-hmm. And part of that, it was because you constantly had to be selling product or you had to be recruiting. Mm-hmm. This company wasn't that at all. Yeah. In fact, you can be 100% passive. You buy your membership, you mm-hmm. don't recruit a single person and you're going to be making at least 5% a week. Amazing. And in fact, I've created a roadmap mm-hmm. where you show how being 100% passive with your limited buy-in and mm-hmm. you can buy in for only $300, mm-hmm. I can get you in six and a half years. Now, there, here's the disclaimer, the disclaimer you hear from everyone, past performance does not indicate future results. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but- Based on their performance, you kind of say, okay, if, this is the if, if they can continue to perform at what they've done in the past, and if you follow the roadmap, within six and a half years, you'll be trading on a $100,000 package from that one-time buy-in of $300. The only time you have to dip into your pocket is the once with the $300. Now, you can start at other levels, and you can get to that $100,000 faster. Mm-hmm by, again, buying at a higher level or by referring it to others. Mm-hmm. And really, it's just a referral. You yeah. just say, hey, look at my account. Look what I'm making. Yeah. <laughs> Check this out for sure. And that's about it. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so then you can obviously earn commissions off of that and you can accelerate your, the roadmap to get to that $100,000 package faster. Mm. I like... Sorry, so based, I, based on, on the results, so in the month of March, they were up 23.99%. Mm-hmm. And a person at 100000 was making over $15,000 for the month. Mm. Multiply that by 12, and you're mm-hmm. $180,000 in a year. That's a very healthy passive income, which is the three, three, my three favorite words lumped together. <laughs> well, and, and that's just it. It's, it, it is, you can be 100% 
passive. All you got to do is look at your account. You withdraw when you have enough money that you can go and upgrade and you're mm-hmm. upgrading off of profits. So you're using other people's money mm-hmm. and you just keep going through that process and you can get to that massive passive income. Well, uh, I need to, to take a commercial break now just so I can digest everything that you just said and that 5% number spinning around in my head and I'm sure I guess. <laughs> we'll take a very quick last commercial break and then we'll come back and, and hear a little bit more. Thank you, Eric. This is great. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Hey you. Yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real. Real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Streaming live. The leader in Internet Talk Radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are still here with Eric Yalen, and we're learning a ton. At least I know I am. Um, I, I just I love hearing you talk, too, because you're so excited and passionate about literally everything it seems like you do. It's <laughs> You are. You're such a joy to listen to because some people are like, well, you know, I put my money in here. And it's just like, oh, don't you get excited about the opportunities that you can create for yourself and others when you're able to be successful? Like that is the, I just get like, I don't know if, if anyone, if you could see me right now, you can see the giant perma smile. It's like I slept <laughs> with a, you know, a coat hanger in my mouth or something. It's just so exciting to think about the fact that we can teach this to people and help people have like healthier lives and expand their lives. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> well, you know, the, the fact is that they don't teach things like this in school. Mm-hmm. And so how do you find out about it? Well, unless you 
find somebody who has done the homework for you or are willing mm-hmm. to do the homework for yourself, mm-hmm. you're going to go through life not knowing. And, and, you know, the fact is that people who have millions and billions of dollars, they just operate and deal with things on a totally different plane than us average everyday folk. Totally. And when we can find these opportunities um, and can take them and then can show it to other people, mm-hmm. it's like in a, I mean, I have, I have a, a friend who I've known for about five or six years, and she has a PhD, and she actually is a, a brilliant woman, mm-hmm. and she's 70 years old, and she doesn't have a pot to pee in. Mm. And she's tried all sorts of things through the years, and, and quite frankly, when you get into network marketing, the problem mm-hmm. is that most people don't make a penny at it. In fact, they lose money at it because it's difficult. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah. And I said to her, well, just look at this. And she goes, you know, I got to do something. I'm 70 years old. Mm-hmm. And she got in it and at $300. And in one week, she made more money <laughs> off of a couple days of trading on $300 than she did in her bank account. Jeez. And immediately, and she didn't, she didn't have any desire at all mm-hmm. to quote unquote recruit Mm-hmm. other people, which is, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of a term in network marketing, mm-hmm. but she told a couple people about it. And all of a sudden, you know, she, she, she doesn't have the ability to bring anyone on. Yeah. But that's my role. Yeah. Okay. And so she has set me up with like a half a dozen zoom meetings where I'm talking about this to other people and they're signing up left and right. And she's already doubled her money in one week. So <laughs> that's amazing. Good for her. And she goes, I've never had any experience like this before. Mm-hmm. You know, everything I've ever dabbled in has just been a total failure. And I just, I just tell someone, Hey, have you ever thought about the foreign exchange markets? Mm-hmm. And they go, yeah, but I don't know anything about it. And she goes, well, I have somebody that, you know, I teamed up with who's showing mm-hmm. me the way and, would you be interested in meeting with him? And, mm-hmm. and it just goes from there. So how do how does a young person, because I know they can't get started until they're, uh, is it 18? Correct. Yeah. Basically, mo- most countries have a law that until you're 18, you really can't get into these things uh, by yourself. Mm-hmm. The way to do it is you have to have a custodian. So, uh, you know, my goal ultimately is, is uh, to create a foundation so that I can do that, but I can always be the custodian, you know, as long as everyone understands what's going on, mm-hmm. I can be a custodian for a while, but ideally the parent, a parent is a custodian mm-hmm. of the account. Mm-hmm. And then when they turn 18, they just turn the account over then to their child who is now of legal age and legal to hold that account. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's kind of the way you get started is you, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, again, with my experience with junior achievement, mm-hmm. I kind of said, well, that's all about entrepreneurship. And I would love to teach people entrepreneurship because sometimes it's a lot better to be your own boss than to mm-hmm. basically deal with the whims of others. And in, in fact, in, in my history, I can't tell you how many times I got fired. And it's like, why the, people will say you got fired. You got to mm-hmm. be kidding. Like yeah. for instance, with Ringling brothers, Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Lansing, Michigan. It was a Memorial Day, a U.S. holiday, Memorial Day weekend, which is notoriously bad for doing entertainment because everyone wants to take their first summer vacation at that point. Yeah. And it was a four-day engagement in Lansing, Michigan, and the company had projected $350,000 in sales, and I did $550,000, and they fired me yeah. on closing night. 
And people, are you kidding me? They, they fired you on closing night? Mm. It's like, well, unfortunately, it was the time of a recession. And we were, we were looking at the expenses of all the regional marketing directors. And because I had really good performance bonuses, mm-hmm. I also stuck out with a sore thumb because I was expensive. Yes. And so they fired me. Or when I was working for the Oregon Golf Association, I developed, I fought for seven years to get a program in. And, and uh, the very last year, I finally got the approval to do it. The, the boss didn't like it at all, but kind of was forced, their hand was forced because the board said, let's try it. Mm-hmm. So she put in every roadblock under the sun and said, you got to do 100% of the program all by yourself. And you can't rely on anybody else in the, in the organization to help you and blah, 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 blah. And I pulled it off. Jeez. And I increased their membership revenues by 25% in one year. Wow. And she just didn't like me. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that does happen. That's I've what been happens there myself. When you have bosses, and so <laughs> sometimes it's better to decide that you're going to go in your own direction where you can be your own boss, and that's what entrepreneurship is all about. Yes. And so teach entrepreneurship because that's really, especially when you have things like pandemics and you have, you know, whether it's the government controlling what you can do and not do, or mm-hmm. a boss that is going to tell you what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Uh, who wants that necessarily in their life if they don't have to? And that's yeah. what that's what entrepreneurship is about. So um, I just went and fell back into that. Mm-hmm. And and I know when we talked a little bit earlier, you were talking about that you could give some advice on how to not fall for scams as well, because there's a lot of those out there and how to protect yourself from scammers. Is there any, you oh, know, God, I'm, yeah. I'm sure young people are going to, you know, start searching for some of these terms that we've been talking about too. How do they protect themselves from falling into the pitfalls? Well, it, it obviously helps if you can align yourself with somebody that you know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. That helps. Yes. Um, or if you decide that you still want to do it and go it alone, then you have to have the skills to be able to look at things and decide, okay, is this legitimate or not? Mm-hmm. Now, I can tell you in the world of cryptocurrency and the world of Forex, Basically, out of every thousand opportunities that come across my desk, 999 are scams. Mm, wow. <laughs> That's daunting. <laughs> and, and, and it's quite possible that some of them that I align myself with will be scams as well, but I try to do my due diligence the best as possible. Um, you know, some of them that come across my desk, it, it's interesting. It seems like m- most of the scams are based out of the UK. Mm, interesting. And it and you'll get this website that looks really nice and slick, and they'll say, "Oh, we're a registered company, and here's our registration." Yeah. Well, the registration is with something called Companies House, mm. which is basically a list. It's a, a list of corporations. Mm-hmm. Well, it happens to be really cheap to mm-hmm. be a corporation in in the UK, mm. and quite frankly, it's meaningless. And I happen to know I I did enough reading on it. Mm-hmm. The Times of London did a big research project, and they they analyzed all of the corporate records listed in Companies House, and they found 4,000 companies that were illegitimate. Wow. Jeez. Okay. So then you're dealing with, because we're dealing with an aspect of finance, mm-hmm. okay, well, there's a regulatory authority in Great Britain called the FCA, the Financial Conduit Authority. Okay. So, for instance, I had, a, I had a, somebody approached me just the other day, and they said, oh, and we're registered and, and, and regulated by the FCA. Yeah. Well, most people are just going to take their word for it, and I don't understand why. Yeah. I go to the FCA, and I do a search. Yeah. 
And guess what? They weren't regulated. They are yeah. not listed at all with the FCA. Yeah. Well, when I did this, when I did my due diligence on, on the CFX organization, they said, here's our broker. Our broker is this company called EverFX. I go to their website. They say, okay, we're licensed and regulated with the following organizations. Mm -hmm. So I go to those organizations. Are they legitimately licensed and regulated with them? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, they were. So it brings confidence. I did some due diligence. Another thing I do, I go to who is, and I check who owns the domain Mm -hmm. for the website. Very smart. Okay. Now, if it's a legitimate company, they don't make it private. Mm -hmm. If it's illegitimate, Maybe you'll find out that it's red. In fact, this one company I was looking at, they were based in some country, but guess what? The domain was registered to somebody in Iceland. Mm. Red flag. Mm-hmm. Everything else was private. Couldn't find out anything else, but I knew that the, the, whoever licensed it or got the domain was registered in Iceland. So it's like, I, I don't want to go anywhere near that. Yeah. And I don't, you know, they're going to, they can, there's all sorts of things that they can do to try to fool you. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, you know, using Photoshop and creating fake images to show yes. receipts and proof, or now with video with the deep fakes. Yeah. You know, it's like when, you know, Forrest Gump with, with Tom Hanks shaking hands with John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Well, now the technology, you can get technology to do deep fakes on your phone. Yes. So I have been doing be them careful. as pranks on my friends. And it's it's quite frightening sometimes how, you know, it's it's pretty in- intense so um we only have two minutes left before the end of the show lovely time flies so quickly so is there any anything else that you want to make sure we get in today that you really want to share with our audience well you know the things that i'm doing is you know to be in the cfx program you have to understand cryptocurrency because you can only buy with bitcoin mm. and that's because they're in 175 countries and what company wants to deal with currency exchanges yes whereas they can just deal with one and that's bitcoin and because of that i have to teach people about cryptocurrency Mm. And then you do your withdrawals in Bitcoin. And mm. I said, well, you know, if I found something is a done-for-you program in foreign exchange market, can mm-hmm. I find some done-for-you programs in the cryptocurrency market as well? Mm-hmm. And so far, I've signed up with two of them. And one of them I have up a little bit more experience with than the other. And I'm always looking at other ways where you can take your money and put it in different pockets so you can be diversified. Mm-hmm. So that you don't have all of your eggs in one basket. So if mm-hmm. one's a failure, you don't lose everything. Mm-hmm. You want to minimize your risk as much as possible. And you want to figure out ways that you can have your money working for you instead of you working for your money. And that's so that's the, the approach that I'm taking. I'm also aligning myself with a guy named uh, Joe Jardinsa, who's a, bil- a self-made billionaire out of the UK. And he has started a foundation to, called One Billion Lives. And this year he fed over a million people in Great Britain. And his goal is to take one billion people out of generational poverty. He has a mentorship program that I'm going to be aligning with. It's inexpensive for kids to get involved with. It's 99 pence a month. Mm-hmm. So that's very affordable. Mm. Um, you know, what is that in Canadian dollars? What is that maybe two bucks? Yeah, at probably. The most? <laughs> Um, so it's not it's not expensive, and basically he's using the exact same program. He did his due diligence, and he's part of the same CFX program that I am. Mm-hmm. So you know, obviously, I'm here in North America. So if there's somebody who wants to work with me, they can work with me. 
Well, um, I'll be asking you about working with you in about 30 seconds. <laughs> the show. <laughs> well, then you'll be able to share your experiences with your audience on a regular basis. They look what my, my portfolio is doing. But well, that's, I have, you know, I have a little bit of the coin, so I'm excited to chat with you. <laughs> that's ultimately the goal is to basically change lives. And, mm-hmm. and that's my goal. I could, you know, I personally don't need the money. I'm mm-hmm. doing fine, really, mm-hmm. my, myself. But if I can impact others, that's my goal. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for joining us today. I really, uh, I wish I could keep you on for like four straight because you just have so much passion and so much knowledge. And uh, and I'm lucky and blessed that I got to meet you uh, at the incredible Rainmaker. Um, <laughs> so uh, I have to say goodbye now, um, but uh, I'm going to talk to you after if you have time for me. <laughs> Everybody have a great week. Um, bring joy to your heart. Do your due diligence. Uh, check out uh, this gentleman's, uh, you know, social media and learn a little bit more about him and, uh, and uh, just learn a bunch of great things about this world. We'll see you all same time, same place, live at five next Monday. Bye everyone. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week and we'll see you here for the next show. 